Hi, it's Elizabeth Dawson. Welcome to Ways to Love Your Money. Uh, today's topic is going to be a little bit more sensitive and a bit more serious, but I want to welcome all of you. And uh, we did promote this on Females in Finance, and we have a wonderful lady that I do know, but she's actually on the opposite side of the room, so she's not on camera, and her voice has been disguised so that you can't figure out who this is because this is a gal that's predominant and in a relationship and uh, she doesn't want anyone to know who she is, but we're gonna talk about a very serious topic. So I'm gonna read something from an article that I actually um, researched just so you can kind of hear about this, okay? So um, what you should know about financial abuse. No one thinks about financial abuse. But think about this, you must have heard about physical abuse, we all have, um, emotional abuse, and also sexual abuse. But have you ever heard of financial abuse? Um, it says, uh, you know, probably not. It's, it's just one more way that abusers wield their power, but it's really all about control, uh, to, to uh, basically harm their victims. So financial abuse is, is when women um, and money, they're used as a weapon. Um, that can mean, you know, withholding money, stealing money. Uh, these behaviors make a victim dependent upon their abuser. And one of the statistics is that about 85% of these women out there actually go back to their abuser because they don't have a good relationship with money or they can't get anything in their own credit. They can't get their, you know, a car. They can't get a home. They can't even rent an apartment. And so um, our guest today wants to share her story because even though this is a much more serious topic, um, she feels that even though she needs that anonymity, that she wants to share her story and if it helps one person out there have a better relationship with money so that they can be uh, in more control themselves and not codependent on someone else, even if there are children involved, that there is help for you and that there is an opportunity. So I'm going to welcome my guest. Uh, this is Jane Doe, and we're going to call her Jane Doe throughout this this um, interview today. But we want to thank her, we want to welcome her, and we want to embrace her because this story is not an easy story to tell. So thank you so much for being here, Jane. I'm thankful to share the story. Good, good. Are you feeling okay? I'm feeling okay. Okay. So where should we start with you and your story? Um, you want to rewind back to kind of where it began. I know that you're a predominant person, you're a predominant couple, and no one would ever guess that you would actually be a victim of financial abuse or control over you. So where do you think this maybe started for you? It's interesting because I didn't see it coming. And it sneaks up, I think would be the hardest part. It's not something that just comes on out of nowhere um, that you see like a red flag. It starts and it trickles in like a stream mm -hmm. and then before you know it you're just drowning right right and you think so, that it's so you're in saying love. you were drowning what do you think you were drowning was it more of an emotional thing or was it more of financially feeling like you were uh, kind of losing your independence absolute okay. independence gone independence disappears and you start with thinking well I'm helping or I'm contributing or well this is this is what you do when you're a couple. Okay, I'm, of course I help with this, of course I pay for that. And then it becomes a loss of identity of even decision making or um, what I can do for my, myself or um, then it's the power and control of I know better. Mm -hmm. I'm smart and you're not, mm -hmm. I know better. And it's almost that, um, that feeling of, of inferiority 
-hmm. that comes in and then you think, well, gosh, maybe I'm not smart mm -hmm. or maybe I don't know better. Well, one of the things I researched is that you're really not alone. Uh, they say pretty much anonymously about 50% of women are kind of in a, either a financial abuse, uh, emotional or physical abuse, and they're not really in a position to want to talk about it because of that fear of, gosh, I should know better. And I appreciate you saying that because I think throughout life we all think, gosh, I should know better. But when we maybe fast forward a little bit to when you kind of started to recognize that this problem was getting worse, um, what were maybe some of the signs that you kind of look back on now that you could have you know, told yourself, mm, I need to do a course correction or I need to do something different? I should have kept things in just my name. Okay. I shouldn't have assumed, well, gosh, it's a couple, so I'm supposed to hand this over. Sure. It's okay that the car is not in my name. It's okay that I don't have credit. Well, mm -hmm. it's okay if something happens, he'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. It's okay that he gets to control all of that because he'll take care of me. This mm -hmm. is what a relationship is supposed to be under mm -hmm. one roof. Right. And so then you lose your identity until you realize, wait a minute, this isn't healthy, this is abuse. And by that point, it was too late. Mm -hmm. I, I like how you said you couldn't, some people can't even rent an apartment. That's the case. Mm -hmm. uh, there was no ability for me to um, have anything. I, I'm, I couldn't even start utilities. I couldn't um, qualify for renting of an apartment. I mm -hmm. couldn't qualify for anything because nothing was in my name and it was too late. It would take me a couple years to reestablish and start that. Mm -hmm. And at that point then, how do I do that? Because then I have to hide right. and stash money or try to get cards in my name mm -hmm. and start reestablishing that. And that's a long haul to have things in your name. And that's a big thing. It's about the identity. Because when we've, you know, we've talked before and you had even told me, you know, you had a home that was in your name. You were independent, independent living, three children, you know, just, just kind of living life, doing well. And then, you know, you meet Mr. Prince Charming or so you thought and uh, things kind of started to change. And I thought that that was what you're supposed to do, that maybe it was a fresh start mm -hmm. and that there was safety and it was a false sense of safety because then the more you lose your identity, the more it changes your discernment. Mm -hmm. You can't rationalize what's right or what's wrong. And the hardest thing is there's no one to reach out to because nobody talks about money. It's too private. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a taboo conversation. Mm -hmm. And so you avoid Hence it. And the show so that we're on right now, Ways to Love Your Money, a money show and our relationship with money. And yet this is a story where you want a better relationship with money, but you've kind of had that control taken away from you. Absolutely. And you can be out in it. People assume you're just a couple and a normal happy couple, mm -hmm. and they don't realize that maybe I can't afford to get something that I need to have, mm -hmm. or I have to save up my money to get my hair done, or to have my, my needs met. And you wouldn't think that. Um, well, if anyone knew you, which they don't, <laughs> um, if anyone knew you, you, they would never think twice that you have any kind of you know, abuse going on in your life. Would you agree? I definitely agree. I think that you know, we don't wear it. There's a lot of people, I think, that are in abuse that you mm -hmm. wouldn't know it. It doesn't mean we walk around with our head down mm -hmm. and we don't wear it. You just think, well, it'll get better tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it crept in quick. And I think that I would have... Um, well, I, I probably wouldn't have been in a relationship if I had known it was 
going to turn into that and then it becomes a point of just being stuck you're, you're trapped you are left powerless it's a feeling of um, complete isolation because without money how do we function you realize that everything comes down to money whether you can like have credit whether you can do something make decisions whether i want to invest or have a a, a future or, or help a family member or an ill family member, it all comes down to money. And if you don't have your own money and don't have access mm -hmm. to money, what happens if there's an emergency? Mm -hmm. What happens if there's a crisis? What if I need something? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned the crisis because you were concerned about this in the event, you know, your, your significant other, your spouse was leaving town or, you know, basically in a different place, what would happen for you in an emergency? And um, you thought about those things. You've started to talk about those things. So. Um, whether you want to say about your story or not, or if you want to encourage people that are listening just to help that one person, right? Um, how would you protect yourself in that situation? Or how have you tried to protect yourself in that situation? Trying to be more bold to say this is not okay. And to, to not be afraid to say, no, this is not okay. No, I have a right to have resources. I have a right to have a say in my finances. I have a right to have my own paycheck mm -hmm. and get to have a say of what happens to it. I have a right to be considered smart. I have a right to make good decisions and, and make mistakes. I have a right to learn from that. I don't need to have my entire mental well-being taken from me. I don't have a right to have my, my critical thinking and thoughts taken from me and speaking up. And I think even sharing this and hoping if somebody else is relating and saying, that's me, mm -hmm. reach out for help. Right. Um, and there's a national coalition, which I'll give some information to that at the end of our show, uh, which I think that's a, that's a great you know resource to go to. But I think that there's a lot of a lot of ladies out there that don't think that there's um, any resources to help them in situations like this. Because again, like we started in the beginning, we've heard about you know uh, verbal or mental or emotional abuse, sexual abuse, and you know literally battered wife syndrome type of situation. But we never really hear about the financial, but they're all intertwined to financial. Absolutely. And uh, again, one of the statistics I researched is about 85% of women, once they actually leave, um, go back. Um, and it's not their fault that they do. It's just because they couldn't go out there and rent an apartment. It was, all had to do with something financial because it was a control thing. You can't leave. Yes. You are absolutely trapped. Mm -hmm. How do you have resources? Mm -hmm. How do you have all of the basic needs? Right. For, for living unless you want to end up in a shelter. Yes, and I want to kind of fast forward to something too that, um, you know, I'm not saying you have a daughter, but if you had a daughter, what would you want your daughter to actually know or glean from your experience so that she wouldn't repeat this chain in her future and her life to come? I, I would want any kids, especially even starting with teenagers, to say, okay, let's, let's understand your relationship with your money and mm -hmm. that this is so personal. Hold on to it and protect it the same way your own body. You would take care of your body and your health. You would take vitamins if you start to not feel good. You would go to the doctor if you needed something. I think this needs to be viewed the same way, that your money needs to be viewed as personal as your health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that that's, an empower that's just a, a powerful statement. You've got to be able to be in charge of your own personal health, which is even your financial health and, and so many more things about that. Um, so one of the pieces that you had mentioned before, which I was going to talk to you about this too, you had already said it, you could start to lose your identity. So did you recognize it along the way or one day you just woke up and said, who am I now? I think it hit suddenly. I think it might have been 
when a decision needed to be made or a purchase needed to be made that then all of a sudden I realized there wasn't a resource or I couldn't do it or I wasn't allowed and that there was no way to acquire that resource. Mm -hmm. I can't invest in something to let it mature and grow so that I could have a resource. And there was a feeling of a dead end and a hopelessness mm. that is there that you don't know how to get past. So, I mean, you're several years away from retirement. How do you feel about your prospects for retirement and, and what your financial situation might look like? I'm stuck. There is no retirement. I have nothing to show for the last years of work. I have nothing to show. It, I have n no assets, no stability, no resources, no reserves, mm -hmm. and I'm completely trapped. Wow. Even just talking to you about it makes me have chills just because uh, I think, uh, you know, I've mentioned everyone knows on the show that I was a single mom and I think once a single mom, always a single mom. And when you're thinking about your babies and everything like that too, you want to make sure that they have some protection. But right now, um, even in our conversations, you've even told me that you don't feel like you have a whole lot of protection right now. So if something were to happen to him, you know, w what would you be able to do? Because you know, you might not have a home to live in. You might not be able to go get a car. You might not be able to have cash in a bank account to be able to pay bills. I would be stuck starting over, probably having to live with family and start to establish credit and rebuild until I could be in a position to start from scratch as if I was a new adult just starting over. And I know you want to help other people, but I want to, I want to be here to help you too. I'm not a therapist. Sometimes people call me a money therapist or an emotional therapist when it comes to money, but I'm not. Um, but at the same time, these are conversations that are so vulnerable. You know, they're, they're such a, a heart um, pulling thread that, uh, you know, my encouragement is, of course, number one, it's got, it's time to take care of you. And if we're going to help one person out there, that one person might be you too. Um, but hopefully there's more to come. But start thinking about these things. Are you thinking about getting stronger? Are you trying to put systems in place for yourself so that you can actually become more independent and actually not be part of the 85% that go back to, to the spouse to, to be in a controlling situation? Are you starting to make some of those moves or changes in your life? I have to first get past the embarrassment. There's an, there's an internal shame and embarrassment that I thought I was a smart woman. Mm -hmm. um, I'm perceived as, as smart and respected in my circles, and yet internally I have to forgive myself for being in this position. And then I can allow myself to make bolder steps mm -hmm. to start making decisions, even if that means I have to hide mm -hmm. things, even mm -hmm. if it means that I have to do it behind the scenes knowing that it's for my own well-being. So, you know, it's interesting that you talk about guilt. Um, I was just reading a book actually by a family member that wrote a book about pretty much the memoirs of their life. And they went through something, a couple of different things that were pretty traumatic. Um, and for them, it was about needing to leave a situation uh, from loss and things of that nature. But uh, one of the pieces that I took away from this book was giving yourself permission, not asking someone else for permission, but giving yourself permission to be able to be strong enough to be able to move forward, to move on. And I don't know if that helps you at all, but I thought, even when I read this just recently, I, I was moved by it because, yes, it's about giving yourself permission not to feel guilty, not to feel remorse about something you did because you were put in a controlling situation that sounded probably like Cinderella when you were, when you were younger and, and uh, you know, maybe so many years ago. And um, yes, we were raised a certain way, right? 
you know, that, that our husbands were supposed to take care of everything and, you know, the story doesn't always end up that way. But I think from hearing those words that I read about convincing ourselves to give ourselves permission and not to feel guilty or badly about something that has occurred, it has nothing, you know, anyone that would know you or care about you or know what I know about you, they'd all tell you, oh my gosh, we're here to support you. Whatever you need, we'll, we're here to lift you up. And I think that that's one of those, one of those hard things to, to really um, grasp on because we're independent. We think we have to take care of everything. So I don't know if that helps you, but I, it, it's helped me when I've read things like that because it it's all about courage. And it's the, the courage to get past the fear, mm -hmm. the fear of, of what could happen. So even being bold and speaking out or getting help the outcome is still, I don't have credit. I don't have my own resources. There's a paralyzing fear and hopelessness mm -hmm. that can mm -hmm. come from that. Mm -hmm. So the forgiveness of self, of saying, but I did the right thing. I thought I did everything for the right reason. I mm -hmm. thought I was being a good partner. Mm -hmm. I thought that I was you know, contributing right and trusting, mm -hmm. we're supposed to trust. Sure. Sure. And that's what a, a good you know, partner does. Sure. And then to be in the position, I think the best way I can help myself and hopefully help anyone in this position is take one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. I started making a list of what can I do, okay. not what can't I do. That's great. I can do this. I can set aside mm -hmm. some money. Mm -hmm. I can be more careful about little spending daily and say I'm going to set that aside because mm -hmm. every little bit will add up to freedom. And if I can have emotional freedom, it can help me have some financial freedom. And if I can see small wins, then the overall doesn't seem so big. Now, where do you get to save this money where he won't see it? Because I think we talked about that. He even looks at all of your accounts and such, right? I, I do have one account mm -hmm. that I can have. Mm -hmm. And I'm supposed to pay in or contribute to the, the household from that. Mm -hmm but I do have that to myself, so I can stash some in there. And I did open a savings account that's just in my name, that's private. And so I can move things over to that. Every $20 is another it $20 and it counts. It all counts. That's good, that's good. Well, I know that there's a lot of ladies out there that I think feel very similar to you or they don't feel like they have control or they maybe feel like there's been a different kind of abuse in their lives. and. It's about becoming strong to be able to do something about it or even a child out there that you've seen and if you could imagine yourself which we never want to right um, if we saw one of our children um, and we look at them and we say oh my gosh I see these signs is everything okay how would you want to steer them in the right direction or at least give them the advice that you're starting to try and give to other people to to get more independence so that they don't feel like they're in this trap um, I would advise them to speak up sooner. Okay. I waited too long. Okay. I waited till it was too tough and too hard and uh, too deep. Mm -hmm. I should have spoken up sooner. Mm -hmm. I could have corrected sooner had I not had the blinders on that everything was okay and that this is a normal partnership. I would advise young people to understand what a healthy partnership is supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
to, to talk to you. I think everybody should talk to you first before when they get their first job mm. or their first babysitting job even, that this is how you start it, this is what it's supposed to look like. And then when you have a partnership, what is that supposed to look like? I think that um, this wasn't talked about. There was no training, there was no handbook sure. in this. And then it was too late. I think that's very common today in school, whether it's high school or college. Uh, very few schools today or very few academics today even offer something about relationship building or counseling or what a you know a true relationship should look like and um, you know if people are just done with school and they kind of go on their own way and they don't really kind of seek further advice they're they're going to probably take examples of what they saw in their own life once before uh, maybe a, a relative or a family member and uh, maybe you know this is about breaking the chain breaking the chain of silence really um, for you to be able to be here is, an, is a huge accomplishment. Um, I think you even read an article that uh, we put out there a while back. It's one of those articles I always reference back to, but um, the average age of a widow in the United States is age 59. But less than 3% of those women actually made any of the financial decisions to make sure that they were going to be okay financially in their future. And they might be living in retirement for another 35, 40, 50 years, but those decisions weren't made for them with them in mind or, or with them at all. Um, and so I want to change that 3%, you know, into, you know, 50% that women become more financially educated about the decisions that are being made for themselves and then also make better decisions for themselves even independently. Um, are you encouraged to, to try to move forward or to try and become independent at any particular time? Uh, because that's going to give a lot of encouragement to people that need to hear what we have to say here today. Um, are you feeling encouraged that that's something you can do? Yes, I gave myself the permission to finally get angry, okay. to let go of the fear and the hopelessness and actually get angry about it mm -hmm. because it's not okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that healthy anger is what's going to encourage me to push forward to say enough, mm -hmm. enough. Mm -hmm. I'm going to take some control back because control and power and abuse is not love. Right. That's a powerful, powerful statement. Is there anything else you want to share before we end this conversation? It's okay to be brave. It's okay to ask for help. I 100% agree about that. And uh, my dear friend, sitting here being very vulnerable and talking about this very difficult subject is not an easy one. It's not an easy one to hear. It's not an easy one to even uh, imagine that someone could be going through today. I mean, it's 2019. Can we even imagine that these things still go on? Uh, many years ago, it was still legal to, uh, you know, kill your wife. I mean, oh my gosh. And that was in different countries, not here, of course, in the United States. But those are things that are happening and where the suppression is happening with women. So I encourage you to not only have a better relationship with your partner or your spouse, but to really look at you so that you don't lose your identity along the way and that you're working to, um, you know, your financial success in your future as a team, as a partnership so that you can truly both thrive in life, whether it's uh, your first marriage or whether you're going on your second or third marriage, it doesn't matter. Even if it's a boyfriend situation that you're all having great communication because I want to talk to my daughter right now. You know, she's in her mid twenties. And, um, of course I haven't been extremely thrilled with all of her choices, but 
You know, I love my daughter and I want her to be happy, but I don't want her to lose her identity. And I want to talk to my son out there because I don't want my son to ever lose his identity either because I think this subject could go either way. It's about communication. When you're in a relationship, it's about communication. And you know, for my ladies and my men out there that are single that may never get married again or they may never choose to marry, um, it's about really having a good relationship and understanding with how money works and uh, never losing that identity, you know, never losing um, the fight and never losing the ability to get angry about something when someone has disserviced you. So speak up, you know, get information, get education. And if any part of this even spoke out to you, I encourage you to get more education and knowledge. So I'm really grateful for our Jane Doe guest to have been so vulnerable and talk about her story today. But her goal is just to help one person out there. And I think it's going to help more than one person out there because I think it's already even helped me. So again, stay tuned for more episodes of Ways to Love Your Money to Come. The show is really all about money, but a respect for money and what we've worked so hard to build. But if you're in a situation like Jane and you can't even build right now, just imagine how vulnerable that would make you feel. So let's not put those things off anymore. Let's really make a difference, not only in our lives, but also um, a famous mentor of mine had told me, you know, you never look down on someone unless it's to put out your hand and help them up. So help up the people that you love and you care about and that you see might be just ever so slightly struggling out there. There's probably something more when you peel back the layers of that onion to find out what's really going on in their lives. It only takes a minute to give someone a smile and it's free. It only takes a minute to give someone a hug, even if they're a complete stranger. I did that last week with a lady who was crying in the elevator. And it just is something that can change someone's day in a heartbeat. So change someone's day in a heartbeat right now and share your story and your love for wanting to help other people, but also to have a better relationship with their finances so that one day they don't ever have to be dependent on anyone else, but to have a good relationship with money with their partner in their life with their children in their life, with uh, maybe significant other in their life, and just so that they have something where they can break the chain of, of this type of abuse. So again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for watching our show. We hope that we'll get feedback from you. And uh, please reach out to us if you have any questions about this topic at questions with an S at Elizabeth with an S Dawson.com. Thank you. The information provided in this show is for informational and educational purposes only. This show is not investment advice, nor is it intended to address the financial needs of any particular viewer. The opinions expressed on this show are not intended to be an endorsement of any particular investment strategy or service of any other kind. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned throughout the show. Before acting on information in this show, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular situation and strongly consider seeking advice from a financial advisor.